0: Welcome to another episode of Fashion in Focus. This is a particular type of episode with Unravel podcast where we go into a specific garment, accessory, or concept. And I'm so excited to bring to you today the adamburu hairstyle. Uh, It also is called tamburu style, but we will get into that in a moment. Uh, I want to thank our fashion nerds out there for contributing to our Patreon and contributing to dialogue in our Unravel Weeklies. So, without further ado, here we go. Like I said, today we will be talking about the Edamburu hairstyle worn by the uh, Ma Be women in uh, in the Congo, the Republic, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and this hairstyle is seen worn by these women uh, in the 20th century it is also called the tamburu style it was popularized and fetishized by fashion designers and movies alike and um, also just another disclaimer i just want to give a big shout out to vicky pass for allowing me to use her research for this episode Um, the first image that we pulled that you see on our instagram Uh, is a photo of Naomi Sims in an editorial. I believe it is for Harper's, but fashioners out there will correct me if I'm wrong and we'll make a disclaimer in our show notes. And it features many prominent images of African continental styles and symbols, hairstyles, fashion styles, and references. Um, You know, it's very vague. Some of these appropriations and some of these appropriations are quite literal. And I think, you know, it's important to discuss the uh, uh, Mang Beitu women, uh, again, a group of people living in what is formerly called uh, Zaire, but is now the Democratic Republic of the Congo um, in the early 20th century. And, um, you know, there is a lot of references of this hairstyle in a lot of cultural references, uh, both in Europe and the U.S., So I think that's important to note, and which uh, kind of was shocking to me. I didn't know about this hairstyle previously. So uh, you all are getting kind of me at the uh, precipice of me doing this research. But again, I just want to reference Vicky Pass's work on this. Um, She's done a significant amount and even did a podcast episode. How is this hairstyle constructed? It is started and I'm doing this from from images that I uh, looked up from her name is Tanya four uh, on the number four on Instagram and we will be linking her in the show notes as well Uh, and she shows very detailed images of how it's constructed from start to finish so first the hair is braided into a crown shape Uh, then there is the inclusion of wire to frame out the uh, the image or the the initial image that you see so a lot of wire is put into several different points into the hairstyle or into the braiding uh, portion of the hair so slowly, the uh, hair braider braids builds up the hair, uh, the braids themselves around in this crown shape, and then slowly builds into this this wire frame, and just gathers it uh, and weaves it, and it really does look like crochet uh, from the images, and it looks like very tedious work. It because it is using smaller strands to do if, for. Uh, black folks out there that do micro braids it's very similar to the length and uh, thickness of the hair that is used to weave into uh, the shape this crown shape in this particular set of images um, a bone uh, what looks like a bone is is then um, injected into the hair kind of at the The base or the crown or of the of the head and so then it gets some really great images and we are doing this episode live for audiences so I'll just give some shout outs in a moment but I wanted to show you all the end results so this is one of many different types of styles and you can see the image here of the hair follicle or not the hair, well the hair follicle here, but the hair being braided into a crown shape and the end results um, using the wire. You can also see this wonderful flourish here of the braid added um, at what we call uh, the, baby, the baby hair level, but obviously for, for mm-hmm. folks at home, um, th- at the front of the head, just to give you that uh, impression of how it's constructed. So I wanted to get into a little bit uh, Africanism and Orientalism. It is really key to discussing how work like this is appropriated. So we see, um, you know, images similar to this. And I'll, I'll get into a very poignant image that, uh, that Vicky, um, you know, highlights in her notes. But something that I'm, I'm quite passionate about um, in discussing and hopefully uh, unfolding here on the podcast is Africanism and Orientalism. Um, Orientalism is defined um, in art history, literature, and cultural studies as an imitation or depiction of aspects of the Eastern world. Uh, I believe his name, his last name, uh, Said, was a, a scholar, uh, a known anthropologist who uh, often took advantage of Of folks from the Asian continent and the um, Indian continent um, how their cultural culture was portrayed uh, and visualized and a lot of these uh, portrayals uh, in his work uh, carry over for years and centuries Uh, if you if you're listening and you're a keen listener to uh, our unravel series you will notice that we talked a little bit about the perpetuation of uh, anthropological and neoclassicalism uh, and how that perpetuated for for centuries to come so a lot of this stuff can be quite damaging right uh, we have a really amazing and exciting uh, hair culture uh, you know in in Zaire slash the uh, the Congo that is then either appropriated or re re uh, re reco- I don't know reconfigured to Uh, fit kind of the aesthetics of of Western culture like I said this is translated um, you know Africanism and Orientalism is translated into the study of African cultures and perpetuates the problem of appropriation and fetishization throughout cultures especially Western cultures these these concepts flooded fashion houses in the 19 teens and 20s Um, designers milliners alike like Milliner's uh, Madame um, Agnes and Lily Dash, or uh, designer uh, Paul Poiret, as well as magazines like Vogue, stretch these problematic aesthetics from the teens and 20s into the 40s and 60s. And I have to reference uh, another point of Vicky's research in which she calls into question and calls up, uh, you know, references to both, uh, to Africa collections, especially of Yves Saint Laurent, who was particularly interested in this area of study, like obsessed, but also um, Jap- uh, Japanese collections that existed in the 1960s, 70s, and um, in the 80s uh, with Gucci. And I really wanna find great uh, archival photos to show you of that, but we um, will stay on task for now and return to uh, Africa and Japanese collections in another episode. The point really is that the uh, Edinburgh uh, hairstyle was an inspiration uh, throughout uh, you know, American culture. Now I'm gonna mention Vicky one more time when it comes to the Black Crossing, and I'm gonna do my best on the French pronunciation, La Croce uh, Noire, and it is a non-fiction feature produced by uh, a automobile company, and features a car which takes a trip across the African continent. It was directed by Leon uh, Poirier, and it is certainly on my watch list. I am l- actively looking for it now. So if anybody has access to out there listening, fashion nerds listening, I would actively love to see a copy, even if that means renting it from uh, a library. And I would just be so interested in um, seeing uh, this full uh, kind of full on because I've seen the poster and this is uh, a poster that Vicky references um but I really want to dig into the visuals that are available throughout um and if if the car you know the kind of the car as a storytelling vehicle is quite uh fascinating and also troubling and seems to come up a lot uh using kind of a vehicle as a vehicle um it does come up quite a bit um the poster for the movie truly captures the beauty of the hairstyle however the beauty is immediately overshadowed by the exaggeration of the features of the wearer and what i will do is showcase for our live audience a image among many from the poster so as you can see from the poster, it's quite wordy but the features are quite exaggerated we can see here in the silhouette i'll show you another example as well the uh, where the hairstyles were, and it's quite an exaggerated version, right, from what we saw um, and what I will show uh, our audience um, in, in our description notes. But the, the wearer is also nude. And it's interesting to kind of center a femme figure uh, when really it's, it's just one big car ad, right? Like that is a little uh, disingenuous, uh, not just for the ad, but also just thinking about how... Um, you know, we look at the African continent uh, and portray it throughout, um, you know, throughout the decades, throughout the centuries. The elongation of the features here uh, that you can see here, right, is like hyper real. And that's what makes it problematic, right? Um, beyond using a, a femme image of an indigenous person in the space uh, and fetishizing, which we've discussed The elongation of the features um, kind of takes the cake, right? And so it's important to acknowledge that. In the present day, uh, we have famously seen this work uh, and this hairstyle uh, used in Black Panther, uh, Beyonce's Lemonade visual album, as well as her follow-up, Black is King. Uh, Pass again rightfully notes that quote many of these instances seem to me to use the style as part of an afrofuturistic aesthetic And I think that's important, right? Um, there is a lot that is attributed to uh, vague notions of Egyptian ancient Egyptian aesthetics and Attaching that to aliens and uh, there is a whole franchise called ancient aliens that consistently connects aliens to indigenous peoples, not only um, their identity uh, and where they come from, but also uh, the many different uh, architectural and engineering marvels that exist in uh, or throughout the worlds um, and are continuously being uh, rediscovered and uh, studied uh, both in the scholarly realm, but also in this more ad hoc uh, 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 alien research realm, right? And so I think it's important to bring that into this discussion. And what, where, where does this hairstyle uh, fit in the canon of understanding um, an African culture, a African culture, but also in how it has come to represent uh, a, this monolithic interpretation of what Africa is and, and what African people are. And for those that have been in uh, our most recent unravel weeklies you've heard me say multiple times that it is it is I refer to um, African continental culture right because they are not a monolith they are a continent and they are made up of multiple 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 countries with multiple cultures within individual countries um, and how they've been affected by uh, arts shifts cultural shifts colonialism social and political um, moments and touch points is is very nuanced and varied and it's so important to uh, kind of end with that again I want to uh, thank Vicki Pass for being so awesome and uh, letting me share her research you can go and check her out at Visual Sustenance and uh, read more about uh, more references of where this was used um, I also want to thank you all on the live, but also folks listening to us. Um, you all make this worth doing from day to day, from week to week, from month to year to year to year. And it's just, it's just thrilling to find new topics and engage with them, uh, and to engage with you all. So this is where I ask for your help. We know times are tough. Uh, we, uh, totally can totally understand that if you can't contribute to our patreon that is totally okay but we want to give you the link so that you can share it with your friends colleagues family students and maybe they can contribute uh, or maybe they can share it and honestly uh, at this point in our um, in our tenure here any support is great support, especially if we get more likes, we get more um, offers for uh, ads, etc. So we really appreciate all, all in any support. So if you could go to patreon.com slash unravel podcast for $1 a month, you can get Unravel Weeklies, our archive, it is there, um, and it's there in perpetuity. You can also get, for $5, uh, Unravel After Dark, which is our sexy series. We do that a little less frequently, but it is jam-packed as a full episode. It's usually me and Jasmine uh, really getting into the nitty gritty. We have episodes on Helmut Newton, episode on uh, the nipple and the history of the nipple. Uh, I was very excited to research that. I don't know why that is, but it was, it was quite incredible. And so again, we really appreciate uh, all your support. And uh, how you've been hanging in with us, through all of these these shifts that are happening outside of our control, within our control, and we just we just love and appreciate you all.